Well, hey, my name is James. I'm the pastor here at Journey Church. And uh, real quick, uh, Dave talked to you about the QR codes that we have. And uh, I want to invite you um, to also uh, look in your seat. You're probably sitting on it unless you moved it. Uh, you got a, a sheet of paper that asks for your name, number, information, all that stuff. If you did not scan that QR code asking you to connect, I want to invite you, please, fill that sheet out, and then you're going to drop it off at our connect area as you exit. You're going to see some people in blue hoodies. Just hand that to them. Uh, that way we can just reach out and say, thanks so much for being here. Listen, I promise we won't spam you. We won't call you all the time. And, and be sure to put the number that you'll answer, not your cousin's number. Uh, be sure to put the email that you, you actually check, not your junk email. We just want to say thanks so much for being here. So make sure that you fill that out. Let us know how you heard about our grand opening. And um, yeah, but again, if you scan that QR code to check in, uh, you don't need to fill that out. I don't know if you've ever been to uh, any wild and crazy parties in your life. Uh, I'm not much of a party person. Um, but if you are into parties and you want to go to some, some really unique parties that you've never been to, uh, I have a few suggestions for you. And so if you're ever in the neighborhood of uh, South Korea, you might want to try out the Mud Festival. And so the Mud Festival is this festival where people cover themselves in mud and then they play mud sports and there's mud wrestling and, and there's mud fireworks. And I don't really know what mud fireworks are. I think it's like regular fireworks, but instead of exploding fire, they explode mud all over the place. Uh, so, there's, so there's the Mud Festival in South Korea. And uh, once you get all hosed off after that, if you want to swing on over to Spain, you can go to the Baby Jumping Fiesta. Now, you know anything with the word fiesta in it is going to be an amazing time. Uh, but the Baby Jumping Fiesta is not a, a party where there's jumping babies. That'd be pretty fun to see. But the Baby Jumping Fiesta is actually uh, an event where people jump over babies that are lying on blankets. Apparently, that's part of their culture in Spain. I have no idea. But you can check out that party. And then when you're done uh, hopping over some toddlers, you can go on north to Finland, where you can go to the National Air Guitar Championship. And uh, everybody knows that a party is not ready to start until the air guitar gets broken out, right? I mean, this is pure, unadulterated rock and roll just without all of the instruments. And so the, the organizers of the... Air Guitar World Championships said this. They believe that it would actually make a, the world a better place. They said, according to the ideology of the air guitar, wars would end, climate change would stop, and all bad things disappear if all the people in the world played the air guitar. And so here's, here's a clip of the winner from the Air Guitar World Championship. Check this out. Dude, that is a party, right? Who doesn't want to be a part of that? And so, so there's the National Air Guitar Championship. And then when you're all done with that, if, if you're still into music, you can go down to Florida where they have the Underwater Music Festival. Now, here in Virginia, we had the Something in the Water Music Festival. Uh, but this is the Underwater Music Festival. And this is where musicians uh, and actors and all sorts of people get together. They put on scuba gear and snorkels, and they take their instruments down and Play music underwater, I guess. So, um, hey, should I, should I change microphones? Is that? 
I'll just keep going. Okay, sounds good. I don't want there to be this feedback and then you're like having to hear me the whole time. It's like, oh, this is terrible. Um, so again, like I said, I'm not really into, into party scenes, but if you are, these are some wild and crazy scenes that, that you can go check out. I'm not into them, um, probably because I didn't go to a lot of parties growing up, probably because I didn't get invited to a lot of parties growing up. Oh, it's okay. You feel bad. So, so I didn't really go to a lot of parties, but I'm not into parties now just because I don't like going places where like the drinks are eight bucks and I got to talk to somebody that I'm probably never going to see again later. And I'd just rather stay home. It's also probably because I'm going to be 39 on March 31st. And so I feel like I'm getting super old. I feel like I just accomplished something. Thank you. But, but, but it's almost like I just feel like I'm getting old. And, and some of you are like, no, nah, you're, you're just like, I, I don't know, man. My body is just sore all the time. So uh, anyway, uh, so I'm not really into parties, uh, but whether you're into parties or, or, or not into parties like me, we all know that when you hear the word party, we think about fun, right? When you think about party, words that are associated with party is, is fun, exciting. That's where the life is, right? When you think about a really great party, maybe you think about a wedding reception, and so first, there's the wedding ceremony, and this is an amazing time because this is a time where the couple is celebrating their love for one another, and then afterwards, the reception begins. And everybody knows a great reception is one where the food is great, the drinks are flowing, and Aunt Kathy is throwing down on the dance floor, right? It's like, hey, big girl, won't you back that up? Won't you back that up? Wobble, baby, wobble, baby, wobble. And you're like, no, Aunt Kathy, please don't go all the way low to the flow. Keep it up. We don't want to see how, right? This is, this is when the party is lit, when it's turned up to 11. And so we've been to experiences like this. We've, we've had parties like this. And when we think about party, we often think of, of fun and exciting and, and life-giving. Man, life-giving, that's the place that I want to be. But I think oftentimes, when we think about church, we don't think that. Oftentimes when you hear the word church or you invite somebody to church or maybe you got invited to church, uh, you came up with all these excuses and you started thinking about what church really is or maybe you've tried to invite people to church and you've had a hard time with it because when you say church, I say drab and dull and boring and, and outdated and hypocrites and do I have to? When, when I think of church, I think judgmental. When I think of church, I think awkward and weird, Right? When we think of church, oftentimes we see church in a way opposite direction than a party. And it's because of this uh, that I think that the church has an image problem. Jesus' journey. Today's our grand opening, and I just want to let you know the kind of church that you stumbled into. We're the kind of church that when we think of church, we think of a party. We think that church should be the most fun experience that you have all week long. Church should be uh, engaging and exciting. It should be something that you can't wait to be a part of on a Sunday morning. That's the Sunday morning service, right? Like when you come and you experience this and you're a part of this, we just feel like it should be a party. We also feel like the party shouldn't stop here or just happen here, but it should go with you throughout the week into your life. Like your life should be this party when you go into work because you've come and you've experienced this in this group of people and like you leave here and you're just like, oh yeah, I'm ready for the next day. Um, and then you, you walk in on Wednesday, on hump day, and, and the, 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 the experience and the fun, the fumes of church are still on you and you're experiencing that even throughout the rest of the week where you incorporate this throughout your entire life because the church isn't just a building. The church isn't a, a service that we do on Sunday morning. The church is the people. 
church is a gathering. The church is this, this gathering of people on a movement because uh, we have a mission. And so we just believe that when you say church, we say party. And here's why I would describe the church as a party. It's because Jesus described the church as a party. See, Jesus was uh, this real person who really lived 2,000 years ago. And uh, he wasn't some fictitious character. He wasn't something in, in some kid's story. He was a real person who really lived. And uh, we have records of his life. that were written down by various people who spent time with him and also um, did uh, investigations on him. And so there's this one guy named Luke who's an investigative journalist who interviewed eyewitnesses and was around people who knew Jesus. And he got this story um, and, and all these different accounts of what happened in Jesus' ministry, and he wrote it down, and we actually have that um, for us in the scriptures. It, it's this book, this book called Luke, and there's this moment in Jesus' ministry that Luke records where Jesus is at a, a, a dinner table with a bunch of people, and so he's invited to this, this dinner table with a lot of religious people around the table, and uh, one guy, I mean, they're, they're, they're looking at the spread, it's great, it's amazing, and this one guy comments, and he says, hey, th this is really good. But you know what's going to be even better? The great banquet in heaven one day. That's going to be amazing when we're all sitting around this table at the great banquet table of heaven. Now, in this guy's mind, what he's assuming is that the people who are going to be in heaven are going to be all these religious good people, just like all the people who are there at the party. But Jesus... Uh, gives them an explanation that throws them for a loop. He, he paints a picture um, that has a lot more people at the table than just good religious people who try their best. Actually, the picture he paints is that there are some people who are trying to be really good, who are trying to do it all right, who are just being really religious for show. And what he says is they're actually not going to be at this party. And some of the least likely people you would ever think to be at a party are going to be at this party in heaven. And so I, I want to show you what Jesus says in uh, Luke chapter 14, verse 15. It says, when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, well, a certain man was preparing a great banquet, and he invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. So Jesus, here's what this guy says. It's going to be great and amazing when we get to sit at the banquet table of heaven. It's going to be awesome. And Jesus says, yeah, let, me, let me shed a little more light on that. And he tells this story about this master who throws this great banquet, and uh, he invites his guests to come. And then when the banquet is ready, he sends his servants out to say, okay, the banquet is ready. Come on, it's time to come eat and feast and celebrate and party, but the people that he invited make excuses as to why they can't come. Some of you might have been making excuses as to, all right, I got this mailer in the mail, I, I, I saw this thing on Facebook, this, that, I heard about this new church is starting, I don't know, maybe I'll try it out, maybe I won't, I don't really know what to expect, and you started formulating excuses, but there was something in you that broke through those. Or maybe you got invited by somebody, and they kept inviting you, and they kept inviting you, and you broke through those excuses. Well, these people make an excuse as to why they can't come. And I want to point out a couple of things here, because you've experienced the frustration of the master who's put it on this banquet. See, he sends out our, uh, invitations to people about this banquet that he's going to be holding. And the thing is, 
they respond in the affirmative. Like, he didn't just send out his servants on the day of and say, okay, tell those people to come. What happened was he sent out invitations and people responded, RSVP'd with a plus one. Some of them were like, can I bring four people? You know, so they responded with a plus one. And so based on that, the master makes his banquet. He gets all the, the, the meat ready, the barbecue's ready, the mojitos are ready, the margaritas are ready, the tacos are ready. Everything gets ready based on the number of people who say that they're going to come to this banquet. So the preparations are in place. And then he sends his servants out to say, hey, come on, it's time to celebrate. And the people who previously said, yes, we're going to come, make excuses as to why they can't come. And you've experienced frustration like this, haven't you? I mean, you're planning for a wedding, and, and you get a guest list of 75, but Roy and Trevor and Connie and Sherry, all those people who said that they are going to come, don't come, and you spent $65 a plate on their plate, you're out money, or you're throwing a barbecue, and you're expecting 25 people because 25 people said that they're going to come, and so you got hot dogs and hamburgers and sides and salad. And, 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 nobody eats salad. But you got all this stuff, right? You're ready, and then 10 people show up to your barbecue. And you got hot dogs and burgers for days. That's what you're eating for lunch. You've experienced that frustration. You said you were coming, and you didn't. By the way, can we just be a people who let our yes be yes and our no be no? Can we just be a people of integrity where if we say we're going to do something, we do it? And can we also be a people who don't ghost on others but actually say no to something? Right? Anyway, so what happens is the master sends out his servants, and these people start making excuses. I want to show you the excuses that they make. It says this. The servant came back, and he reported this to his master. Okay, so, so he reports the excuses. And, and Jesus tells us some of the excuses that these people make. One person says, uh, hey, I know I said yes to your party, uh, but I just bought some land, and I got to go check it out. Another person says, oh, the party that was today. Oh, ugh, timing. Uh, I just bought some oxen, and I need to go test drive them. First of all, with those two excuses, and sometimes people give you lame excuses, right? You've had this. Somebody gives you some lame, stupid excuse, and you're like, are you kidding me? Like, who buys land without checking it out first? Either you're stupid or super rich. If so, can I get a dollar? Right? Who buys oxen without test driving them first? Either you're stupid or you're rich. Again, can I get a dollar? But the thing is, too, the text alludes, and, and some scholars believe, that the banquet that the master is throwing is actually at night. And so this makes their excuses even more lame. Not only did I buy land that I need to go check out, but it's dark. You can't check out land at night. 2,000 years ago, somebody said flashlight. Yeah, <laughs> turn my flashlight on. <laughs> 2,000 years. No, you can't go test drive oxen at night. These excuses are lame. And then another excuse somebody gives is this. He says, well, I just got married, so I can't come. Can't argue with that, right? <laughs> but even then, it's like, you knew you were getting married when you said yes to this banquet. Why didn't you just say no? So here's the master. He's invited people, VIPs, special guests to his party, and now it's time to celebrate, and nobody's showing up. And so 
Jesus explains this, Luke chapter 14, verse 21. The servant came back, he reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry, and he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys and the town and bring the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Go out, and I want you to invite people who weren't previously invited. I want you to invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Now, in the context of the culture back then, this is scandalous because the master is inviting people who never would have been invited to a party in the first place. Because back then, if you're crippled, there's something wrong with you, and so I'm going to distance myself from you. If you're blind, there's something wrong with you, and so I'm going to distance myself from you. These are the outcasts, the poor. I mean, just, just being open, when you drive uh, down the street and you see someone who's homeless, you ever avert your eyes? This, this is how it was back then, but even worse. Right? Master says, I want you to go out, and I want you to invite anybody and everybody who will come to my party. The people who weren't previously invited, I want you to invite them to come and be part of the party. I want you to invite people who would never be at a party. The people people look down on, the outcasts, the throwaways of society. There is a seat at my table for them. And so go, go invite them. And so that's what happens. But then we come into Luke chapter 14, verse 22. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, well, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. So the servant comes back and he says, hey, we invited anybody and everybody, but there's still room. And the master looks around and he's like, I'm not eating barbecue for the next two months. The mojitos are going to get watered down. We got to get somebody to drink these. The beer is going to go flat. We got to get people in here. And so he says, go out and invite even more people, as many people as possible, to fill my house. Because we got a party to throw. As we were in the process of launching this church, we sent out 17,000 mailers to the community. Did it twice. We put out 10,000 door hangers all over the place. We equipped our launch team with invite cards and said, bring as many people as you can. We went uh, out yesterday and we gave out $10 gift cards for gas. We gave out about $250 worth of gas for just the people who were there. Uh, just telling them about this church that was starting. Done Facebook ads, Instagram ads, we've posted it everywhere. We have been like these servants going out anywhere and everywhere, telling people, come to the party. Ah, uh, but there's still room. And this is just day one, right? This is our grand opening. This is just the beginning. And so there's still room. There's still a way to invite people to the party. And so what happens is uh, the master says, go out, compel people, do whatever you got to do to get people to come to this party. Because this is the best food they're ever going to eat. This is the best time they're ever going to have. That's what I believe about the church. See, I believe that the church has the greatest message the world has ever seen. The greatest message the world has ever heard. And the message that we have is this, that God loves you for who you are and not as you should be. None of us are as we should be. The message we have is that regardless of who you are, where you've been, and what you've done, whatever your past, whatever your present, 
Whatever your future looks like. God sees you and he knows you and he loves you. He calls you by name. The message that we have is that the shame that you've been living with, the thing you did 10 years ago, five years ago, what happened to you when you were growing up, the regret that you have because of how you hurt somebody, or how you haven't been living up to your full potential, the guilt, the remorse, the pain, the sense of inadequacy, the message we have is that you don't have to live with that. There's a better way to live. God shows us that way. The message we have is that God looks at each and every one of us and he says, I love you for you. I love you for you. And have a life far greater than you could ever ask or imagine. The message that the church has is one that says that you are made for more. And you can live up to that. See, we got the greatest message the world has ever heard. The thing that you've been trying to do in your life, the life you've been longing to live, the thing you've been trying to achieve or discover, the fulfillment you've been hoping for and searching for is found in Jesus. And we have that message. And that's why we're starting this brand new church, so that we can introduce as many people as possible to this truth, that God loves you for who you are and not as you should be because none of us. Then from there, we want to journey with Jesus because he shows us how to live. He shows us how to live this life we've always longed to live. And I don't know if you've ever made the decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you come in here and there's all kinds of baggage from how you grew up and past experience or what your professor taught you in college or I don't know, just questions you might have or hurts you might carry. So I don't know if you've ever made the decision to say yes to Jesus and follow him. But I want to invite you to do that right now. You showed up to a grand opening for a church. You thought, well, check it out. And and you didn't think, okay, I'm going to make a decision to follow Jesus and be baptized. But I want to give you that opportunity here and now. What we believe is that Jesus is a real person who really lived. And he lived a perfect life, a life we can't live died the death that we deserve. History books record that Jesus was crucified on a cross and three days later he rose again from the dead. But there's so much more that happened when Jesus went to the cross and that he took your sin and my sin, and you know what sin is. Everything you've ever done to hurt yourself or hurt other people, it's a shame, the regret, the, the feeling of I'm just not good enough, I don't quite match up. There's, Jesus took all of that on himself on the cross. And when Jesus died, your sin died with him. So the things you've been carrying around, the the guilt, the shame, the remorse, the inadequacy, all of that, you don't have to live with that anymore. Because Jesus died on the cross. But the way that we offload all of that is by saying, Jesus, I believe that you died for me. Not only did you die, but you rose again from the dead. And because of that, I want to follow you and be baptized into you. And if you've never made that decision, if you've never come face to face with God like that and made that decision to follow him and be baptized into him, I want to invite you to do that today. QR code. I want to invite you. Again, and and this is a thing we're just asking everybody to do. So go ahead and take your phone out and scan this. 
just everybody, go ahead and scan it, and, and, and even if you filled this out, just, just scan it, because we're asking everybody who's here to fill this out, but as you fill this out, there's going to be information we're asking you for, but there's also a box on there that says, I want to accept Christ and be baptized, and if that's you, you can check that box. Nobody in here will know that you did that. There's another box that says, I have questions about becoming a Christian. If you're not quite sure and you're ready to take that step, check that box. And we'd love to connect with you and answer any questions that you have about following Jesus. But today is the day to make that decision. In a minute, what we're going to do is we're going to take communion. Um, and you have cups on your chairs, and those cups are, uh, there's some juice, and there's also uh, a cracker. And that reminds us of Jesus' body that was broken for us and the blood that was shed for us. When I'm done talking, I'm going to invite you to take communion and uh, it's not a ritual for us, it's a reminder that we need grace and just how much God loves us. So Jesus tells this story about this master who invites anybody and everybody to the banquet. I want to let you know this morning at our grand opening, our first day, you're invited to the banquet. There's a seat for you. You're sitting in it. But I want to tell you what kind of church you stumbled into. Years ago, I heard... Uh, this story from Tony Campolo. Tony is a, a pastor uh, in Philadelphia. He's an author. He's a professor. And um, he's in Philadelphia. But there was this time that he was speaking at a conference in Hawaii. And uh, when he went to Hawaii, you know, there's um, time difference there. And so he was jet lagged. And he was up at 3 in the morning, walking the streets, trying to find a place to eat. And he came across the only diner that was open. He, he, he walked into this diner. And he said it was dingy. Man, it, it was dirty and disgusting. He didn't want to touch anything. So he walked into the diner, and he, and he sat at the, the stool right there at the bar. And he said this, this short, stout, gruff guy came out from the back. His name was Harry. He was the owner. He said, Harry came out. He said, what do you have? Tony said, uh, well, uh, and he didn't want to touch anything. He didn't even look at the menu, so he just thought for a second. He said, do you have you have coffee and a donut? Can I get coffee and a donut? He said, yeah, I'll give you coffee and a donut. And then he went to the back, got his coffee and donut, brought it back, gave it to Tony. And Tony was sitting there at the bar eating his coffee and donut. Then around 3.45, 15 minutes after Tony came into the diner, around 3.45, these ladies started coming into the diner, about eight or nine of them. And he could tell by the the time of night and also what they were wearing, that these were prostitutes who were coming into this diner. And they were finished with a night of work, and uh, they were in the diner just to unwind. And so they sat on either side of him at the diner. They didn't say anything to him, but he overheard the lady sitting next to him turn to the lady sitting next to her, and she said, hey, guess what? Tomorrow's my birthday. You know, nobody has ever thrown me a birthday party before. I've never had a birthday cake before, but tomorrow's my birthday. He said the lady she was talking to looked at her and responded, saying, so? Why are you telling me for? You want me to throw you a party? You want me to make you a cake? She said, no. Why do you have to be so nasty? I'm, I'm just, I was just telling you it's my birthday, that's all. That was it. After that, they finished their conversation. Everybody finished talking. And then after a while, the ladies all trickled out. And here's Tony sitting at this stool at this bar with his donut and coffee. And he got Harry's attention. He said, hey, Harry, do you know those ladies who, who came in here? He said, oh, yeah. 
They come in here every night, same time, 3.45. He said, do you know the lady who was sitting next to me? Oh, yeah, that's Agnes. She's in here every night, too. Okay. Tell you what, I just heard her saying that tomorrow's her birthday, and she's never had a birthday party. What do you say we throw her a birthday party? Harry's face lit up. He said, oh, that's a great idea. Hold on one second. And then he went to the back. And then he came out the back with another lady. It was Harry's wife. He said, tell her your idea. <laughs> so Tony said, all right, well, it's Agnes' birthday tomorrow. She's never had a birthday party. What do you say we throw her a birthday party? She said, oh, that would be lovely. He said, all right, check this out. I'll get the cake. Harry said, no, I'll get the cake. And Tony was like, oh, I don't really know because, you know, the food in the diner wasn't. He said, okay, you get the cake. And then Tony said, do you mind if I decorate? And Harry's wife said, oh, decorate to your heart's content, darling. So Tony said, all right, cool, we got a plan. The next day, at around 2.45 in the morning, Tony showed up to the diner to decorate. And around 3.10, uh, all these ladies started to trickle in. And not just eight or nine like the night before, but I mean dozens and dozens of prostitutes. What happened was Harry's wife spread the word, and it's like every prostitute on the whole island showed up for Agnes's surprise birthday party. And so they're all there. This diner is packed with prostitutes, and they're about to throw this surprise party for Agnes. And as soon as Agnes comes in, they all yell, surprise! And Agnes, when she walks in, she hears surprise. She's taken aback. She drops to her knees and she's stunned. She, she starts to cry. She says, what is this? And they said, it's a birthday party for you. She said, it can't be. They said, no, it's for you. Look, there's a sign with your name on it. She said, no one's ever thrown me a birthday party in my whole life. And she started to weep. Harry, from across the room, said, Cut the crying. We got to cut the cake. <laughs> so he rushes over. He grabs her. He brings her over to the cake. She sees the cake. Oh, more tears flow. What is this? It's a cake. <laughs> for me, it's for you. She said, ah. Oh. He said, here, cut the cake. She said, I can't. He said, yes, you can. Here's a knife. Cut it. She said, no, you don't understand. I can't cut it. I've never had a cake in my life. She said, can I go show my mom? And Tony didn't expect this when he was watching all this. He never expected, can I show the cake to my mom? And he thought, uh, okay. She said, no, she's just across the street, just a few houses down. I'll be right back. She grabbed the cake and she ran out the diner. And here's Tony Campolo, this pastor in this diner packed with prostitutes. And everybody's looking at him. So he did the only thing he thought to do. He said, pray. And right then and there, that's what they did. They all bowed their heads and Tony prayed for Agnes that she would come to discover that God loved her, that God called her by name, and that he had a better life for her to live than what she was currently living. He prayed for all the other prostitutes in that room that they would know that God loved them, and that he calls them by name, and he has a better life for them to live than what they were currently living. And when he was finished, he wrapped up and said, amen. And after he prayed, Harry looked at him, and he said, what are you? Tony said, well, I'm a pastor. 
Harry said, you're a preacher? You didn't tell me you were a preacher. What church do you preach at? Tony thought for a second. He said, well, I preach at the kind of church that throws parties for prostitutes at 3 in the morning. And Harry, Harry said, no, you don't. A church like that doesn't exist because if it did, I'd go to it. Wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all? This is Journey. We're the kind of church that throws parties for prostitutes at three in the morning. We're the kind of church that no matter what you've been through, what you've done, or what you've experienced, we want you to know God loves you. He calls you by name. And he has a better life for you than what you've been living. One greater than you could ever ask or imagine. We're Journey Church. We're the kind of church that wants you to know that whatever your marital status is, whatever struggles you face, whatever you've been through, whatever you're in right now, God loves you and so do we. You're invited to the party. This is just the beginning. Just the beginning. So, I want to invite you to join us. I want to invite you to join us next week as we continue this series, You Say Church, I Say. But before we get to next week, I want to invite you here and now. If you haven't yet taken communion, take a moment. Feel free to rip that cracker out. As you eat it, remember, this is, this is the body of Jesus broken for you. It represents how much God loves you. And you didn't do anything to deserve it. You didn't do anything to earn it, but he loves you so much. You're done with that. You can drink the juice and let that be a reminder to you. This is a representation of Jesus' blood that was shed for you. Covers you, cleanses you. Not the juice that you're drinking. Grace God gives you. Do this every week, because I don't know about you, but I need a reminder that I'm loved, that I'm good enough, because God says I'm good enough. Do this every week, because I don't know about you, but I need a reminder every single week that I don't get it right all the time. I don't have it all together, but thank God he helps me. God, I thank you so much for your mercy and your love. Thank you that none of us were, none of us, none of us were in that first round of invites. Party. Uh, But thank you for extending the invitation to people like us. mess up and screw up and try our best but still come up short. Oh, thank you that we get to sit with you at the party. I pray today what we needed was received. I pray for every single person who's here today They realize they've stumbled into a church, not a service, 
but a church, a community, a gathering of people who care about them. And I pray that they'll take their next step to say, okay, I'm going to check it out again. I'm going to keep coming. This is what I need. This is what I need. Hey, again, man, we are just so honored that you showed up today. Um, it's been months and months of work and preparation just to get to this point, and we're not done yet. We have tons more to do, and I'm grateful you're here because my invitation to you is to join us in continuing to do things like this so that people can come in and experience hope so people can find freedom, so that marriages can be healed, so that kids can discover that God has something greater for their lives as they build a foundation in him. And so I'm glad, I'm thankful you showed up today to check us out. But my hope is that you'll join us again next week and you won't come alone, but you'll bring somebody with you to experience what you experienced. Next week, I'm preaching from this title, you say church, we say hospital. Because the truth is all of us, myself included, are broken. And all of us need help and healing. And you know somebody who needs to be here. You know somebody right now who's going through it. And they need to be here. So don't come alone. Let them know you got to come check out this new church I just found. And I believe it'll be worth their time, worth your time. So Thank you again so much for being here. Make sure to fill out those cards. Drop them off as you exit. If you scan the QR code, is right here. We just want to get your information again. Say thank you so much for being here. Again, we cannot wait uh, for next week as we continue the series. You say church, I say. And if I haven't met you, which most of you I haven't because it's your first time, I'd love to meet you right out front. Thanks again for being here. We'll see you next week.